right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. It's great to see everybody tonight together in the house of the Lord. It's a little chilly out there, but we will always take this over the heat. Am I right? Amen. There you go. My desert people said amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Amen. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Alrighty. Well, we'll go through a few announcements here. Again, going to remind you that the 2024 calendars are available. If you didn't get one yet, make sure you get one uh, before you leave this evening. Those are absolutely available to you, and uh, we want you to have one. All right. And then I got a few uh, a, a few house cleaning things that I want to uh, go over real quick for us. Um, one is I'm going to keep reminding you for the first little bit that uh, no food or drink in the sanctuary, okay? Uh, just water or your communion elements. Uh, you know, I know that, that may seem hard, but uh, we want to take care of the carpet. And then I'm going to start gently enforcing this, okay? Uh, so can you say, thank you, Pastor Nate? All right. All right. So here we go. Um, the coffee bar. Let's talk about the coffee bar. The coffee bar is wonderful and I love it. And we're so blessed and so cool that we're a church that has a coffee bar. Uh, but we're moving forward. I really don't want you sitting in the coffee bar unless you have a legitimate reason. All right. And so I'm not, I'm just going to say this. If you're an elderly person, you know, we do our sign language back there for those that need that. Sometimes nursing mothers need to take advantage of the coffee bar. But honestly, you know, if you're 13 years old, you don't, you'll, it, you'll be just fine to sit in the regular seats like the rest of the people. Okay. So if I could, uh, you know, uh, we're going to start working on this. These are small, but gentle changes. Uh, but you know, do you understand where I'm coming from? And so, you know, my boss called me the other day and then talked to me about this. You're like, well, who's your boss? Well, he lives up there and I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm not going to get my, you know, uh, when, when the big boss speaks, we listen. So anyway, um, so we, we do have kids and stuff back there tonight. I am going to ask if, you know, if you are a minor, if you could start going with your parents, that would, that would bless old pastor Dave's heart a lot. And that all comes out of love and just trying to do the best that we can. Amen. All right. Let's give the Lord some uh, praise tonight for the, all that fun stuff. Very good. All right. So, uh, let's get into some real announcements here. This Friday night at 6.30 is the women's meeting. Any of you ladies excited for that? Amen. All right. And so I'm going to let Mrs. Pastor, she asked if she could come up and make her own announcement. And I said, of, of course you can, you know. Go ahead. So tell us what we need to know. Okay. He doesn't promote the women's meeting as good as I promote the women's meeting. Okay. So 
Well, that's the truth. True, true, true. Okay, so Friday night we are finishing our study in the book of Ruth. So it's going to be really, really cool, and you're going to like that. And then next month we're going to study Deborah. So the food theme for uh, this Friday night is something low-calorie, okay? We've all eaten our holiday stuff for two months now, and we need to get some pounds off. So something that's low-calorie to eat or a low-calorie dessert, and then, and then a, bring a drink, okay? So anyway, so come on out Friday night. You know, you need to fellowship with one another, and we spend quite a bit of time just fellowshipping with one another at these women's meetings, and I know you all love it because you just love it, love it, love it. Amen. That was really good. I don't think I could have done that. That was, wow. I've never heard anything like that. That was so good. All right. Good job, Mom. All right. So, all right. Here's a big announcement for this weekend as well. Do you have something else to say? Well, okay. What? Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, you know, if you're here Sunday, I, I kind of put my uh, little sister on blast for being extremely pregnant. Well, she's at the hospital today getting ready to give birth. So, there you go. Amen. <laughs> yes, so she is at uh, St. Mary, is it St. Mary? Yeah, and uh, and so she, today seems like it's the day. So anyway, uh, be praying for her, and we'll have another uh, another boy running around here. So High Desert Word Center, you know, um, we, we produce a lot of boys. So I don't know what else to say about that. So, all right, um, listen up. This Sunday is membership class, everybody. All right, I'm so excited. We have about 30 people already signed up. This is wonderful. So if you are not a member, but you would like to be, well, this is your chance. You know, we only get to do this every, uh, you know, we do this a few times a year, but you know, the bottom line is a lot of people are like, well, what does it mean to be a member? Uh, you know, somebody asked me, what are the membership dues? I'm like, there's no fee to be a member. You know, <laughs> it's not like, it's not a club. Uh, it's a family. And, and when you become a member, you're just saying, Hey, this is my home church. And you know, I just want to make it official. And, uh, and as a member, you know, there's certain things you can, you know, it gives you the opportunity to, to serve in the church and different things like that. But anyway, uh, membership class will be this Sunday from 4 to 7 p.m. And it'll probably be, you know, a few months before we do one again. So uh, just make sure you take advantage of this opportunity. All right. That's this Sunday. And then uh, we also want to get this passed around. Wow, there's a lot of names on here, too. We are doing Financial Peace University uh, with Dave Ramsey. And we like to do this a couple of times a year. But this is going to be starting in uh, the week after that, uh, Sunday the 21st uh, from 5.30 to 7, okay? There's free child care available. We provide that. And this is a really good opportunity for you uh, to to get uh, some, some help with managing your finances. A lot of it seems like basic information, but it's very valuable. And it's a Bible perspective. Uh, Pastor Josh and Julie uh, facilitate the class. And it's just a very, very good. So if you are interested, you can go to hdwc.org slash FPU and you can register on there. All right. Sound good? Very good. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. Amen. All right. And so if you need an envelope for your tithes and offerings, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. I forgot to welcome first timers or anyone that's been on this, hasn't been with us for a while. So could Summer Crank raise her hand? She's a, I mean, does anybody know her? Amen. And Jocelyn. All right. 
I'm just teasing. I missed them so much. They were, they were visiting uh, Destiny and Jesus uh, for a couple weeks, but I did miss them. So glad they're back. Amen. Uh, and so uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. We're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Genesis chapter 14. Amen. Genesis 14. And we're going to be in the New Living Translation here. Genesis chapter 14 in the NLT. And what we're going to look at here for just a minute is this. You know, one of the most common myths or misconceptions that I hear people, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, spout out and say is, you know, that, that tithing is not a New Testament thing. It was only the law of Moses. And people say that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, let's read the Bible together, people, and we can solve this real quick. And so tithing was not just under the law of Moses. Was it part of the law of Moses? Well, sure it was. There's And, and by the way, there's a lot of really good things under the law of Moses. Who thinks that thou shalt not kill is a pretty good one? Amen. I like thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Those are all really great things. But we're going to look here at the first recorded instance of tithing. And it's in Genesis chapter 14. And we're going to look at verses 19 through 20. And I'll make this quick. You know, I don't want to steal my dad's preaching time tonight. But Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 through 20. And so this is Abraham, at the time known as Abram, giving a tithe or a tenth of what he had, uh, of what he had. So Genesis 14, verse 19, it says, Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. And so he received a blessing from the priest. And then right here, then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth, or your new King James, or King James will say tithe, a tithe of all the goods he had recovered. And so, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the Old Testament here, but... This is approximately three to four hundred years before Moses ever showed up on the scene. And so tithing is one of these unique biblical principles that predates the law of Moses and postdates the law of Moses because we have tithing all the way at the end of the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. And so what I'm encouraging you with tonight is, you know, if somebody's like, yeah, that's not, no, that was just Moses. You don't get nothing to do with that. You squash that. That is not true. Tithing is a powerful thing that is for your benefit. It opens the windows of heaven on your life and pours out a blessing for you so great that you don't have room enough to receive it. That's Malachi 3.10. And so one thing that I always say about it is this, is that if God has a hold of your heart, Man, tithing is no issue. Amen. I just want to do whatever the Lord uh, tells me to do. And so tithing isn't a money issue. It's a heart issue. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so I encourage us with that tonight that, you know, you're obeying the Lord and you're doing what he said. And the good news is he will bless you for it. Can someone say amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's stand up together, and we are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship and get right into the Word of God, the hour of power. Let's speak these words of faith together. 
As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, after you drop off your offering, feel free to join us at the altar and let's worship the Lord together tonight. Remember this He took my sin And He buried it No longer I do Now Jesus lives in me For I was dead in sin But I woke up to see the light Oh 
to 
forever Father we thank you for your holy written word we know that our life our success or failure depends upon our love for you and love for your word and what to do with it and tonight as we get into your word I want to thank you for number one the grace of God that anointed God upon my life be able to present it how you've given it to me And I thank you for tender hearts, teachable spirits for the ones watching on social media and the ones in the congregation here, Lord, because I know they need help. And I want to thank you, Lord. They're open to the word of God. And they'll not just hear it, but you said be doers of the word, not hearers only, or we're in deception. Thank you for the people being willing to receive it and act on it, Lord, to get the answers they need so they can win in the battles they face. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. How how many came to get answers tonight? How how many are watching out there online? Just go ahead and shout where you are to get answers. Well, tonight we're going to be teaching on how to know the will and plan of God for your life. What, What did you say, Jess? Do I miss the kids? Yeah, I miss kids. Dismiss the kids. <laughs> All right, uh, children, you are dismissed. And teachers, whoever you are, wherever you are, you got some kids coming your way, so get ready for the big roundup. Amen, amen. Now we'll get back to where we were. How many are hungry for the Word of God? And ready. All right. Okay, tonight... How to know the will and plan of God for your life. How many have ever wondered what God's plan was for what you're doing right now and how are you going to ever get through this now? Amen. I know know this is what the Lord gave me tonight. So I know there's people here and people watching that need this. And it's so simple. It's so easy. I want to show you a book, first of all, that, uh, that I've studied for years. It's called Following God's Plan for Your Life. Following God's plan for your life. Following God's plan for your life. And I learned something years and years and years ago. Too many Christians come to the Lord in times of crisis or when they're ready to make a change of direction of their life and they pray something like this. Lord, here's my plan. Please bless it. And that that works about 0% of the time. And so we're going to teach you tonight how to find the plan of God because God's plan is already blessed. Amen. Amen. There's a difference. He has a blessing on his plan, and we need to be able to know how to find that plan. And we have a short time on Wednesday night. As a matter of fact, on the 20th of December, I started this. Some of you were here on that night. Some of you weren't. So I'd probably, probably, probably do you good to go back and, on YouTube or Facebook and find that sermon from the 20th. And look at part one of this. We're kind of tapped into that right now. But open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. 
verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. And then as we were worshiping the Lord, I was kind of listening to my spirit. Lord, is there any kind of examples I give out of my life where this really helped me? Because I lived this. I have for over four decades. And I was thinking about when we started our first church, Mrs. Pastor and I, back in 1992. What were some of you doing back in 1992? Well, some of you weren't even twinkling your dad's eye. <laughs> Amen. That's an old saying. But anyway, in 1992, we'd known for some time that we were going to be in the ministry someday. And you can't, you, I mean, you know, you just, uh, you don't know what to do when God calls you, especially if you're not hooked up with denominations, got all kinds of plans and stuff for you. You've got to find God's plan for yourself. And so the things I'm going to show you a minute, here's what we did. We sought the Lord, and I'm going to teach you how. And we found out what the plan was. I was a Teamsters truck driver on the way to a really, really, really wonderful retirement. And so we knew the very first step was to find out where to have services at. I'd already been preaching about 10 years everywhere I could. And so we knew how to preach, knew how to teach. Of course, knew a whole lot less than we do now. But we knew, number one, we had the first thing for a church. We had the people to lead it, Mrs. Pastor and I. And I could teach the Bible. She could teach too. So we, we had to have a place to teach. So we sought the Lord, and we found out that the YMCA, we could rent a couple rooms of the YMCA with cash we had on hand. So we knew we had a place where we could go to, but then we knew we had to have people come. You don't, you don't preach to the YMCA. And so uh, anyway, we had an old typewriter. Mrs. Pastor, I don't, you probably got rid of that a long time ago, didn't you? I mean, it was an old before they were electric typewriters. It was really a click, 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 click. So we had an old typewriter, and I've looked at some of those first flyers we printed up, and man, we had blacked out letters and all kinds of goofy stuff, but we knew we had to get the word out who we were because the Lord sent us to a town we weren't from. We knew zero people. And so we printed up those flyers and said, told what we believed, and everything we're preaching right now. And so we put it in the laundry mats, in the grocery stores and put on the little community bulletin boards, put it around. And so that's the first thing to do. And then we were believing for families because we started off back then being a family church. Didn't have any family except our family, but we was a family church. And so we knew we had to have somebody to watch their kids. And so we, we had, I had a young niece that was a, a middle, middle-sized teenager, about 15, 16 years old. We hired her and rented another little room at the YMCA to watch babies in. Didn't have any, but if we believe for babies, better take care of them. And so we hired her to work in the nursery. And then I knew that uh, we liked to sing. And I knew that if a church depended upon my singing, we'd fail. And so what we did, we had a cassette player. This is where they had all the fancy stuff now. Had a cassette player, and we had music on it. And so the very first service, we got in there. We had children taken care of. I had the sermon to preach. Had a cassette player, and so didn't have any platform or anything, just YMCA room. Had little old kids' chairs, you know, they had, everybody had to sit down with little bitty chairs, but at least we had chairs. And so we got the cassette player up there, and we uh, put the music on, and I got up there, and I, you know, I sang solo, and what's singing solo? Solo, they couldn't hear me. And so I, I sang the best I could that cassette player, and that first service, my music minister I had for years till he went to heaven, he and his family came in, and they had five kids. That's pretty good. And then brought his mom with her, 
And uh, the mom put a really good offer in to pay for a few more services. And so the money came in, the people came in. I think we had about 35 people that first day. But the thing was, I sought the Lord, what's the plan? And I knew what the first step was, get the word out, get the place. They showed me where to go and what to do. We found the plan. And then that church grew and grew and grew and grew. On our one-year anniversary, we had, we had 100 people in a little storefront building, and, and the mayor of the town was my guest speaker. And I didn't know anybody there. But we got a reputation real, real quick that God was in our church. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And so that, anyway, that place grew, grew, grew. Within three years, we was on TV twice a week. Had influence all over the whole area. But what I'm saying is this. We found out God's plan. In our heart, we knew he wanted us to be in the ministry. And some of you right now, in your heart, you know there's some impossible things God wants you to do. I'm going to show you how to get the plan. And then I was thinking one more example. Uh, we wasn't from California. We wasn't from Martinsville, Indiana. But Jesus knows where Barstow is. He knows where Martinsville is. And so when it comes time, we knew it was in a seasonal change. We didn't know what the Lord wanted to do. And so the first step that I knew in my heart, Mrs. Pastor, uh, we had a pastor by then over us, Dr. Mark Barclay. And so we met with Dr. Barclay, and Dr. Barclay told us, that the Lord was finished with us where we were, but he wasn't finished with us. He had another location for us. And so we began to seek the Lord. I got a call one day from a pastor, a couple of friends of ours. Matter of fact, they were our directors for the ministry we're in, our regional directors. And they said, there's a church in Barstow, California. That's an AFCM church is what we were then. And said, said, said they're needing a pastor. So we checked it out. And like what we heard about this church out here, about this area, we felt right in our spirits about it. So we interviewed over the phone and internet. We did have internet back then. It was that dial-up stuff that goes, you know, whatever. Anyway, we interviewed, and then the Lord wanted us to come to California. So then we knew the next step to do was to relocate here, and the next thing we saw to do was get a Penske truck. So we got rid of everything that we could. Uh, we gave stuff away, and we got the Penske truck. We came to California. And so the rest is history. But what I'm saying is this, when you're telling testimonies like that, they think, boy, that sounds real simple. Well, when you're out there, like somebody, I think about Billy right now, she'll go through some things, and so other people are looking at things right now. Well, after you've accomplished it, it looks like, boy, that was a piece of cake. Oh, it wasn't a piece of cake. It's rough to walk by faith, not by sight. And in the midst of all that, starting there at the church, by the way, I walked away from the Teamsters pension. That's a pretty big deal. And I got a very small one I've been getting for several years, but it could have been about probably 15, 20 times more than what I'm, what I'm getting from them. But I walked away from that because that was part of the calling to follow the call of God. I couldn't be in a truck at the same time and grow a church. And so I'm, I'm telling you some things you've got to learn and know from Jesus that no human being can tell you. Nobody can tell you. I learned as a pastor a long time ago, when people come to me for counsel or for advice about crisis, I can show them what the Bible says, and I can give suggestions about what the Bible says maybe they should do, but I never, ever, ever tell anybody what to do, because if I tell them what to do, they get there, it gets hard, then they're going to look to me to show them how to live and what to do. I can't show them that. I can teach them the Bible. And so we have to know in our lives, we alone will stand in front of Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ to answer for what we did. And so I, that's just a word for some of you. 
Don't try to run other people's lives, including your grown kids. They're the ones that have to learn to stand on their own two feet. If, you, if you're going to carry them all your life, then you're going to have, you have a heavy load. Amen. That was a free nugget of wisdom for somebody. All right. And so that's a, that's a couple I call success stories in our life that we, that we uh, did what uh, nobody can do except God working through us. And, you know, just one thing I look at, I've always kind of seen my life like this. How many have ever seen a turtle on a fence post? If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know it get, didn't get there by itself, it had help. But our lives, we're like a turtle on a fence post. We didn't get to Martinsville, Indiana, grow that church and have the success we had by ourselves. People looked at us, they knew we had to have help. For one thing, the first month we was there, I was, I was met by the head pastor in the, in the town, and he told me outsiders aren't welcome here. He said, we're a small-knit community, and said people like you have come down here before and tried to start churches, said they always fail. And so I looked at him. I said, nice to meet you, sir. And I turned around, looked at Jesus, and said, Jesus, did you send me here to fail? No, he didn't send me there to fail. And so things in your life, you got to look at this. You're like a turtle on a fence post when you step out there. Turtles don't climb up on fence posts. There's one up there, somebody put it there. And so what God's called you to do it's going to take him to help you. And if you don't do it his way, you'll never get on top of that post. Amen. And so Romans 10, 17, Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the reason I'm, I'm showing that, a lot of people here know this verse. A lot of people watching know this. This basic Bible truth is, is very real to many of you. As a Bible teacher, I know that many people watching online, and we have a whole lot of new people here in the church that have never learned this yet. And you have to understand about a pastor, a pastor is like a general practitioner, a doctor. He's like a family doctor that has to know a little bit of everything because he's got a variety of patients coming up with different problems. We're not a heart specialist, like a heart specialist if you look at a doctor, or we're, we're, not, we're not a an oncologist that's a blood specialist, or, or whatever kind of doctor you like. They're specialists. They're general practitioners. So when a pastor is teaching the Word of God, we've got people listening to us that have been around this for maybe longer than I have, and they know about everything I'm teaching, and so I can just start off just jump, jumping in deep and going. Then we've got people that are brand-new Christians. They're on milk. They don't know anything. And so we have to always, always, always go back to things like this verse here so people hear this. There's people that have been in churches that didn't teach the Word of God very strong, and they just presume that everybody knows what they know, and they're over their heads, so they don't really help the people. And so I quote this verse a lot, but I want you to see this. It says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When I got born again at 28 years old, I didn't know anything. I wasn't a church person. You know, some of you know my testimony. I come from a heathen family. wasn't church people. And so when I went to church, I went to a Pentecostal church. It was a good church but they didn't teach very much Bible. And so the people told me that faith comes by trials. You'll never have any faith, Bernie, if you don't go through hard times and trials. And I thought, wow, I was hungry for the Lord. And I thought, man, if faith comes from going through trials, I want some trials and I don't wait for them. I want them now. And so I started praying for trials. And man, oh man, did I get my socks knocked off. Man, the devil, the devil answered that prayer real quick. I opened the door of my mouth. 
because trials come from the devil. And so, anyway, I, I, I began listening. I didn't know there was a Christian radio. I began listening to it in my truck I drove every day. And one day I heard a guy named Kenneth Hagin teaching. I started hearing Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And the more I listened and checked my own Bible out, I found out that the Pentecostals were deceived. I'm not saying all Pentecostals, but that group was. They were deceived. Faith doesn't come by trials. Now we're going to see that in a minute in the Word of God. And then some people say, you got to pray more if you want faith. No, you pray because you have faith. They say, well, you, 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 you got to praise more if you want faith. Well, you ought to praise because you got faith. Or well, you don't have faith. Praising is definitely, definitely, definitely the plan of God. Amen. Loving is the plan of God. Getting out of sin is the plan of God. But all those things, just things that Christians do as they start to get faith. But faith only comes one way by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God. And so my goal tonight is to put faith in your heart from the Word of God so you'll have faith to know how to find God's plan. And you'll have faith, you'll have faith then, know what to do to begin to step into that plan to see it happen. We didn't, we didn't grow that church out there in, in two weeks uh, from, from, from the Samples family to 100 people on Sunday morning. That happened over a period of a year. And then the more we grew, it was over a period of time because we had to grow with it. And so in your life, when the Lord puts things in your heart, don't expect to be an overnight success. You expect it if you want to. I did, but I found out that wasn't the way it works. But I, I remember, though, just a little, another little story, short story on that. Uh, a friend of mine that had been my best Christian friend as long as I was saved, we got saved about the same time. When he found out I had a church started and things were happening like that, he came down there and saw all those people. What was happening? said, man, you're an overnight success. I said, man, it was a long night. <laughs> hey, man, so people that see you, once you have success, they don't realize the hard times, the suffering, the praising, the faith that it took to not quit. Amen. But if you don't quit, you will win. And so anyway, turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. And I want to make another statement. I, ho I hope some of you are taking notes because it will help you. But I'm going to make some statements that you need to hear, you need to remember. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith comes by hearing. And if you're hearing about healing, you need healed. Then you start to begin to have faith for healing because you saw the word of God. It's the will of God to be healed. It's the will of God for your family to be blessed and take care of. It's the will of God for you to live long. But you learn these things from the word of God. And so we're going to see it's the will of God to have a good plan for your life. So faith begins where the will of God is known. And so I want to begin to put some faith in your heart from the word of God now. I want to say it again. We're getting ready to read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And faith comes by hearing. And so this is for you. If the devil's lied to you, that God doesn't like you, he's mad at you, you're not worth anything, he couldn't possibly use you for anything, you've blown it so bad so many times that whatever plans God had, they're done. This is for you to get faith in your heart that God's not finished. And the way I've looked at it all my life, here's what I say. As long as I'm still breathing, I can win. No matter where you are, what you've done, or whatever failures you've had, if you're still breathing, then God can still use you. And he wants to use you. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. And uh, 
I, I always use King James, but for this verse right here, I love the New International Version, the NIV. And here's what it says. For I know the plans I have for you. God says, for I know the plans. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And I remember before I came to California, I knew there's things to do. And, and, and I got the place to where things were so rough. I said, I know you know. It'd be nice if you tell me. Then I'd know what you know, then I can do it. Amen. God says, I know the plans I have for you, but he didn't say there's secret plans that you'll never know. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. And he said this, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God said, my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I'm thinking about something else, too, what the Lord let us do a few years before we started that church. Uh, we lived up in Noblesville, Indiana. And we lived in a really not very nice house. We lived in the snake house. I'm not going to tell the snake story again. But anyway, we lived in the snake house, and things looked pretty hopeless. I had a new car, that, a brand new car that turned out to be a lemon car. And so I had a new car I was paying for and got laid off. It was kind of in a crisis. So we had a new car, not paid off, and then to go through all the stuff, to be able to collect money, to get the thing, all that thing, it was rough, 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 rough. No money, car we couldn't pay it off. And so we was going through all those things, but we knew in our hearts then, this was probably about three years before we started that church. We knew in our heart, we knew in our heart that God had plans for us. And Mrs. Pastor, I don't know if we got this off an old calendar or what, but she got a picture and she put it up on the wall. It had this real beautiful house out in the country, rolling hills all around it and things like that. It looked really, really beautiful. And uh, what, 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 what? Okay, right. And so we put this on there, paraphrase of this verse here. Said she wrote, she typed this out and put a paper up there, that picture. We looked at it on the wall. Said sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do so you get to where you do what you really want to do. And so. We suffered for a long time. It wasn't the plan of God, but we'd go through a lot of things there. But all the times we were going to church, reading our Bibles, loving people, doing all we do to do, bringing, bringing our 10% tithe to Jesus faithfully, whatever we got money in, we did what we knew to do, and it was tough, 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 tough. We didn't compromise our Christian walk. We kept on doing what we knew to do. We'd look at that picture and think, man, someday we're going to have a house like that out in the country. We ended up that in Martinsville, Indiana. But the thing is, I'm telling you where you are right now, do not walk away from God. Do not steal God's tithe. Do not turn mean and hateful on people that might wrong you. Walk in love. Walk in faith. Bring your 10% that belongs to God to Him and keep on doing what you know to do. Do not compromise. Don't become a thief. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Whatever you got to do, keep on doing right. Amen. Amen. And so he said, he knows the plans he have for us. He says plans to give us hope and a future. And I know there's been times in our lives we felt absolutely hopeless. But the thing was, we knew from the word of God that God was on our side. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for you, who can be against you? And it looked like does like everybody else in the whole world was against us. That's what it looked like. But God was for us and we held on to that. And so, uh, I want to say this, God 
is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. That's something you need to write down, really. God is no respecter of persons. In other words, that means God does not have any favorites. He doesn't like me or Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, whoever your favorite preacher is, more than he likes you. He loves us all the same. We've all got the same opportunities to succeed or fail. It all depends on choices we make. When you hear a message like you're here tonight, it depends on what you're going to do with it. You know, it, you just come into a church like this to feel good for a while and get a fix, and then take off for a while till you get all hurting again to think, man, I'm going to go and get a fix again. It's been two or three months since I've been to church. Or is it a lifestyle where you come in and think, I need answers tonight, and before you ever get here, you're praying, Lord, I don't know what anybody else wants. I don't know what I want. I want the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to speak to my heart and show me things. And what I've learned over all these years of ministry, I've actually been preaching now 43 years this year, but what I've learned over all these years of ministry is that what I call buddy trails. We'll be teaching the Word of God like this, and I've already hit a few of them tonight. We'll be teaching the Word of God like this and something wasn't even in my notes all of a sudden like that turtle story. Things like all of a sudden I'll tell a story and somebody sitting out there or watching out there, they say, wow, that was talking to me. And then six months down the road, a year down the road, they say, you know that one time you was preaching, you said this, you taught this and this, this, and, and uh, wow, that got my answer. That turned my life around. And I just think, man, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I just grin and say, well, good, I'm glad you was there. Amen. So that's what I'm saying. When you come into a service at a church like this where the Holy Spirit's allowed to move, you'll get answers about anything you're looking for, even if the preacher's not teaching on it. Because the Holy Ghost knows before you got here, you prayed. And you said, Lord, I need you to talk to me tonight. I've got to hear from heaven. And he'll give you your answers. Amen. And so anyway, he is a respecter of faith. And so that's what we're talking about. And so receive this verse. As Jesus talking to you personally, Jesus is for you, not against you. You need to write Jeremiah 29, 11 down, and whatever translation speaks to you the most, just know that God has a good plan for you. God doesn't want you to fail. He wants you to succeed. But then I want you to notice in verse 12 through 14, he says, I've got the plans for a future to hope for you, but then shall you call upon me. That's called prayer. And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken. Hearken means he's going to hear and he's going to do. He's going to hear and he's going to respond to what you're praying. And you shall seek me and find me if you don't spend 45 minutes on Facebook and then two hours Googling to look at everything you can try to get your answers on Google. He says, when you, when you seek me and find me and you search me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. I will turn away your captivity. There's been times in our life when we felt like we're captives of the devil because nothing was going right, everything was going wrong, and everything we tried to do failed. And we had people turned on us. People judged us. Things didn't go right. We felt we were captive. But we, we went to the Word of God, saw verses like this here, and thought, man, our part is to seek God and find out what he's got to say. And it's such a tragedy, the Internet today, when it's used wrong. Google 
Facebook, Instagram. I don't care if you get 10 million likes. The only like you need is Jesus likes you. Jesus loves you. Jesus called you. Jesus gives you the anointing. He gives you the grace. He gives you the gift. He gives you the favor, everything you need. But you know what you've got to do? You've got to begin to shut the stupid phone off. And Jesus said it this way, go to your prayer closet and pray to your father in secret. And your father that hears in secret will reward you openly. And so that's what we, what we always learn to do. And your prayer closet has to be a place, not necessarily a closet, although it can be. It's got to be some place, somehow, and over the years when we had eight kids and not a lot of quiet, I had a prayer closet called my car. And I remember, I remember one year we were really seeking God. Uh, this is probably way above some of your heads, but we had, we had, we had a Volkswagen microbus. And Volkswagen microbuses, if you know what they are, they don't have heaters. And it was zero to 20 below outside, and I had to have, hear from God. And so I had an electric heater. I run a cord out the back door to that thing because the, the windows were all iced up. There was ice on the windows. So I took it in there, and I run an extension cord through that door, and I sit there with my hand on my gloves, my Bible, go like that praying, but I didn't have little kids running everywhere. That was quiet. Because I had to hear from God. It's kind of hard to hear from him if you've got a bunch of little chirpers in your ear. <laughs> Amen. And so he says, he said, go and seek me and you'll find me. And so you need to set aside time. And you gotta have, you've got to have an open Bible so you can read scriptures. You've got to have an open heart so you can hear him. And I strongly advise having an open journal. A pen, something to write with. Because there's things that when you're in the presence of God like that, when you've closed things out, if you're hearing things in your heart, you need to write them down. You need to write down the verses you were looking at that God spoke to your heart. You need to write down things you're picking up from the Spirit. And then when you're out of that anointed area, the next day you're looking at things, you may not feel real spiritual. But as you go back and review those things, the anointed God will come popping up again. It'll get on you again. You hear what I'm saying? And so he said, I got good plans, but you got to seek me to find those plans. And so I want you to look at James chapter 1, verse 5. James 1, verse 5. Matter of fact, I'm going to real quickly read verses 2 through 4 before I get there, because this is talking about where some of you are right now. My brethren counted all joy, in verse 2, when you fall into divers' temptations. And that means temptations, testings, and trials. When you go through a hard time, when you're being challenged. Anybody here have been challenged? Some of you have been challenged right now, real seriously, where you don't know what to do, and you feel like throwing in the towel, like the, that's a boxing term. Throwing the towel means you quit. The devil's trying to tell you you need to quit. It's not going to work. He said you count it all joy, and that's why we're so big on here I'll tell you to smile. We call it happy time and offering time. You need to make yourself laugh at the devil. You need to laugh at circumstances. You need to be able, when you look at things that looks like it's over, you need to stop and just start going, ha, 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 ha. And as you begin to do that, Nehemiah 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and then peace. As you, as you begin to laugh by faith, have joy by faith, then the darkness begins to leave, and then your mind begins to clear up. 
You become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you start remembering things from your spirit that God's already done. You think, wow. And Mrs. Pastor, I've done this so many times over the years that uh, I can't count them. It'll look like it's over. It's history. We're done. And then we'll talk about the time that my son got healed in leukemia when he was crippled. We'll talk about the time we had no Christmas money. The stranger came up to the door, gave us all the presents, clothes, gifts, money, everything we needed. And we'll start going through times like that, the hard times we went through. By the time that happens, and the devil tells me we lost this time, I said, oh, devil, not this time. Amen. But he says, count it all joy. Well, what's it being counted? That means by faith. By faith, start laughing. Start having a good time. Knowing this, that the pride of your faith, and we're talking about faith that pleases God, produces patience, but let patience have a perfect work. They may be perfect, complete, wanting nothing. Now, then this is what you need to do when you go through a hard time. He talks there about the hard time, but then in verse 5, he tells you what to do. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Can I, can I just tell you something to help you? I, I, you know, I mean, Pastor Dave gets pretty tough anymore. But I, 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 I want to be tough with you. You, you like tough love? Don't ever again go on Facebook and tell people what you're going through and ask some loser to help you. If you need help, some counsel, advice, what to do, come to a man of God. We got men of God, women of God. We're the pastoral team. We got lots of other people in this church that walk in the wisdom of God, and they've got a track record for winning. I'll tell you what, if I was having marriage troubles, which I never will, but if I was, I would not go to somebody, so I've been married four or five times, and say, hey, can you tell me how you lost so I can lose too? Or go on Facebook to people that aren't even born again, people that don't go to church and know what a pastor is, people that don't believe in the Bible, go on Facebook and say, hey, has anybody else went through this? Tell me what you did. I would put that at the top of the list that if you want to fail in life, to go on Facebook and ask for advice. And you know what I would do? If somebody on Facebook tried to give me advice, I'd say, okay, then I'd do just the opposite. Because I think I don't know these people and these losers out there want me to lose too. I'm going to do what God says. Let him ask of God. If you lack wisdom, if you're in the crisis, ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. It means God won't hold it against you. And so God needs you to cooperate with him. You need to do your part so that he can do his part. So he says you're going through the crisis. Number one, you need to laugh and not be depressed. And then you set aside that time. So when you're in your prayer closet with quiet all around you, phone off, Bible heart journal open to this passage, read it out loud several times real slow. That's called meditating in the Word of God. I want to say that again. If I were in a crisis right now, this is what I've always done. I do what the Bible says. I get to my prayer closet. I go to, and I'm not going, I'm not going for quantity to check off a bunch of stuff. I read 15 chapters today. That one verse right there would get me my answer. And the Bible says we're to meditate. Psalms 1, 3, Joshua 1, 8, among other places, say you need to meditate in the word of God. And meditate means you ponder it by speaking it out loud. You talk to yourself 
you tell yourself what the Bible says. So my prayer closet, in my prayer closet, in times of crisis, in times when I know there's a change coming, may not be a crisis, there's a change coming. I say, Father, I'm asking you for your wisdom. And you told me you'd give it to me liberally. That liberally means he'll give you abundance, more than enough. He'll tell you more than enough information you need to know to know what to do in life. He says he'll do that for you. And so he says, but I want you to notice this here, the next verse. He said, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, nothing doubting, doubting. For he that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And so we need to know that when we ask, that he said, we ask in faith. And something else you need to know too, it will help you accept the word plan in place of the word wisdom. As you study out the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever somebody needs the wisdom of God, they need the plan of God. And, you know, direction, it, it, it was because of time I couldn't teach a whole lot more on this than what I'm doing right now. But I, a lot of times, like if I do a series on this, I'll take through the Old Testament and show you God made the heavens and the earth by a plan. God knew before he said, let there be light, he's going to make light. God knew he was going to make the earth. God knew he was going to make the oceans. God knew he was going to make animals, plants, trees, seeds, human beings. And says he followed the plan. He put it together and then he acted on the plan. And so if you look at the word plan instead of the word of wisdom, it'll help you actually, it'll help you to grab a hold of what it is. Because if you need the wisdom of God, can you see that? You need the wisdom of God, you need the plan. We need the plan and the plan was go to the YMCA. We needed the plan. The plan was to meet with your pastor. And so we followed step by step the plan. And so when you lack wisdom, you lack having a plan. And so when you're asking God for the plan, it says he gives you the plan liberally. I love that. And so doubt is the opposite of faith. And verse 7 says, For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so uh, you will not receive if you waver or if you're a doubter. And I was thinking about what I learned about this. I was a baby pastor. And my music minister I was telling you about was a factory worker. And he was about to get laid off. And he was a Christian. And he came to me for counsel in my office. And I was doing all this stuff. I mean, I, a lot of stuff I learned, I learned on the job as I was going. He said, Pastor, my whole family is Christians. He said, I know how to talk to them. He said, I know God, God has a job for me. And said, uh, I don't know what to do. He said, they're getting ready to lay me off. What am I going to do? And what I tell these people, but I take care of my family because they're thinking I'm not being a good dad because, you know, I'm going to be out of work. And I don't know what to do. And so I knew this verse. I took him to this verse. And I said, let's look at this right here and let's pray. And it said, ask in faith, nothing wavering. And so I looked at him and I said, uh, we're going to pray. Did, did, I said, do you believe in your heart that God's going to answer your prayer? He said, yes. I said, well, if you're going to believe for healing and you're praying for healing, then you confess that by his stripes I was healed. Hands are laid on me and I'm getting better every day because the word of God says so. Hands are on me, laid on me, I'm getting better. I said, you've asked for wisdom. And so I said, if anybody questions you, just tell them this. I've asked God for wisdom. And by the time I need to make a choice about what to do, I'll know because God said so. God said so. And a doubter says, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I've got 1,500 things coming against me. I'm going on Facebook. If I can get 2,000 likes, 
I'll be able to breathe easy for two minutes. Some of you live that way. And so, if you're going to ask in faith, and I'm going to close with Mark 11 to show you how, how you ask in faith. But the thing is, your mouth and your heart have everything to do with what you're going to receive. And so a couple things we've established. Number one, faith comes by hearing. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God's got a good plan for you. He said, if you seek him, you'll find him. He'll answer you. And Jim, James 1 tells you how to pray. You pray for wisdom. You pray for the plan. And he says, you pray in faith. And so I'm going to close in Mark chapter 11 and look at how faith works with this or any other area of life because faith always pleases God. Right here is the icing on the cake for where we've headed up to all night long. Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered, saith unto them, Have faith in Google. Have faith in the people you work with that don't even go to church, don't know God, and they know how to lose really well. Amen. It says, have faith in who? God. Well, let me tell you a secret. Have faith in God is to have faith in what he says, and the Bible's what he says. So he said, got a good plan for you? He said, ask him for the plan, and he'll give it to you. And then verse 23 tells you have having faith in God works. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say. How many yet here is a whosoever? Do you qualify? I'm whosoever shall say unto this mountain. And Billy, he's preaching to you tonight. Shall say to this mountain. And what you say to the mountain, anybody else here that's faces him, you don't say to the mountain, you're getting bigger and bigger. It's going to be the death of me yet. Mountain, you're getting bigger. God's getting smaller. He said, you say to the mountain. That symbolizes major problems. You got big problems that are a mountain to you. They're nothing to God. He said, you say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Remember he said, nothing doubting, nothing wavering, because you received nothing. Here's what I have to do 100% of the time to get past the obstacles. I have to close my eyes in the prayer closet. Somehow or another, that helps if you close your eyes. It helps you to get into the spirit. Your spirit's in here. Your mind's up here. He didn't say shall not doubt in his mind. Faith will work with your mind getting pummeled if you're coming from your heart. And so the major, major, major obstacles I've come up against when I'm praying for that wisdom and I got my eyes closed and I'm looking at these verses, I say, Lord, I'm not doubting in my heart. You know I'm not. Lord, my head's being hit, but I'm not living by my head. I'm living for my spirit, and I'm not doubting. He says, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, not which he hopeth, not which he wisheth, not which he thinketh, those things which he saith. If you don't learn to make your mouth do its work, you'll never succeed. You got to call money in sometimes. 
You got to call help in. You got to call equipment in. You got to call things in. You got to call a house in. You got to call a car in. You've got to open your mouth. He says, shall believe those things you say to come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, verse 24, that Jesus hooks up with that verse there. He said, therefore, he said, therefore, because you're learning how to use your mouth, you're learning how to pray from your heart. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things? How many here need some things? Wow, we got one person needs some things. I still need some things. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things? So ever you desire, he said, because you learned you speak to the mountain, your mouth works. He said, therefore, what things soever you desire, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so how do you believe that you have received them? You speak from your heart and ignore your head. You speak from your heart. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so the number one thing was looking at tonight was believing you receive the wisdom of God, the plan of God for what to do, and then and then believe for that first step. Don't look for the whole thing come to pass. When you know what to do, that first step, you take that first step. And when God sees you step out for that first step because we walk by faith, not by sight, then things will begin to move, and then you'll start seeing step two, step three, step four. And before it happens, people look at you and say, man, you know, you look like a turtle on a fist post. Hey, man, they'll look at you and they'll say, man, you're an overnight success. They say, Billy, that was so easy. How'd you do that? Boy, that was easy. What? Oh, man, you did that. They say, thank you, Jesus, for the glory of God. I went to Wednesday night service. I heard the pastor teach on what to do. I knew exactly what to do, and that's how I got to where I am. Amen, amen, amen. Well, Josh, get on up there. Did this help anybody? Amen. And uh, I'll, I'll say it again about our bookstore. We really get, we've got a Christian bookstore here, the second to none for faith books. And that book, Following God's Plan for Your Life, has helped me countless times. And it's not one of those books that you pick up and you try to read it just to say you read the book. Man, you go through a book like that, you keep it for years, you mark it up, you put yellow in it, you look the Bible verses up, you learn the verses. And when you're having a rough time going through a crisis, go back there again and find a chapter that blessed you and read that chapter again. It's going to help you win. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, let's stand up. And, uh, you know, I'll I, I just throw one more thing out at you. And you, you've, heard the, you've heard this saying before. Uh, what's the definition of, what's, what's that called? The, the fool? What's the definition of fool? Keep doing the same thing over and over again and think you're going to get different results. So if you've been... If you've been running around in circles for a long time trying to get an answer for what you're doing it's not working, stop doing it. Man, change your strategy. And I suggest you do what I did tonight. Tailor to how it fits your life, but you have to do these things. You have to separate. Read the Bible. And when you pray, keep your trap shut unless you're speaking in life your prayer. Amen, amen, amen.
Praise the Lord. If you need prayer for anything tonight, we'd love to open up the altar to you for prayer. We've got our, our team up here. And so we're going to take a few final minutes here before we close out. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in some worship. And if you need prayer, come right up and uh, we're going to be in agreement with you. Amen. Let's go. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down I put my faith in Jesus My anchor to the My hope and firm foundation
things out tonight. Did anybody receive from the Word of God this evening? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, um, we, uh, Brother Robert asked me to uh, request if we could have a few few good men help him out. We just need to get some tables together next door for the women's meeting and membership class this weekend. And so uh, if you could, we could send a few guys over there to help him uh, get the tables and chairs together for that. That would be awesome. And again, remind you, membership class is this Sunday. If you didn't get a chance to sign up, make sure you do that. And it's going to be absolutely awesome. Let's close in prayer, and then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession tonight, and you can be dismissed. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And, Lord, we absolutely choose to walk by faith. And we know, we read in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you have good plans for us to give us a hope and a future to prosper us, Lord. And we thank you that we are going to receive that and walk in all that you have for us. Use us this week, Lord, to show your love and be the light of the world. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can everyone say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow and you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you this weekend, everybody.